0: Welcome to Life, Lessons, and Laughter with your host, Glenn Ambrose. Hey everybody! Welcome to the show. Wow, I just hit five 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 as as the recording started. Um, so here we are talking. Happy New Year to everybody! This is being recorded um, January second, twenty twenty four. So, um, so yeah, today what a. Great way to start the new year. I was looking back and I don't think I've done a podcast on this specifically, which kind of surprises me because radical responsibility is such a huge topic. It's, you know, I mean, I know I've touched on it in other podcasts, but um, so I'm going to dive into radical responsibility in relationships because that's what kind of sparked this podcast. Um, a childhood friend of mine made a post and, and it got the wheels turning. So I commented on it and we um, went back and forth a little bit. Um, so, so yeah, I'm going to start with the relationships. I don't know if it's going to go into an, um, another area because radical responsibility is really the foundation of spiritual living in my perspective it's the foundation for happy living um you know when i got when i first woke up it was through getting sober and people were like what happened to you because they could tell i was different and that was one of the first things that i said 20 years ago is i said you know i i found out that my life was all messed up because of the things that i had done i had played a part in messing my life up all the things that went wrong i played a part in and now that i know better i can do better so it was really kind of it 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 was taking radical responsibility in a way that it stopped me from pointing the finger outward and blaming everything other than myself you know i was the common denominator that i never saw like all these bad things happen to me and all these bad experiences and all these bad breaks and all these bad people and all these bad situations and the one thing that they all had in common was me (laughs) and i never saw that you know i never saw it that way and until you really see it that way pardon me i'm still getting over the the little cold i had um so You know, until I saw it that way, I couldn't take responsibility for my life and really make the changes that I needed to make. So, we all need to do this. And I understand that, you know, I was wrapped up in alcoholism back then, but that wasn't my only dysfunction. (laughs) And then when I got sober, you know, I started working with alcoholics and addicts. But then eventually, I started working with everyone and I found out, like, oh my God, like everybody's battling the same stuff, it's the same problems. You know, and if you look around at some of the stuff, you know, it's the same in the microcosm as it is in the macrocosm. So what's going on in our own lives on a smaller level, we can see in a larger scale in society. And if you one thing that we see in society is people arguing about everything, you know, (laughs) so radical responsibility can help that. And I'll get into how, but, um, you know, in relationships, every kind of, in a way, everything is relationship based, whether it's a romantic relationship, a relationship with your family, uh, friends, business, like they're, they're more alike than they are different relationships, all different types of relationships, because they have to have a foundation of respect and honesty and trust and things like that to to make them healthy if they don't have those things. If you don't have any respect in a business relationship, it's going to be a crappy business relationship. If you don't have any respect in a uh, romantic relationship, you're going to have a crappy romantic relationship. If you don't have any respect in a family relationship, it's going to be a crappy family relationship. This is what I mean. Like the, the foundation of them, the things that that we really need to anchor on and do the work on, are. it's the same. No matter what relationship we're looking at, the building blocks, the basic building blocks of the foundation are the same. And if we fix those, that's what's going to fix the relationships. So you know, this is how I do all my work. It's like most of the time, you know, (laughs) people are trying to figure out like how to get along with their boss. Who gives a crap how to get along with your boss? How about learning how to get along with everyone? Forever. How about learning that? Because it's really basic and it's very simple. And if I'm not saying it's easy to do, but once you make those changes, and you interact in a way that you can develop healthy relationships, it's going to improve all your relationships, not only that you have, but all the ones you'll ever have until you die. I like that. I'd like to do that, please. <laughs> you know, Instead of going like, Oh, I'm going to have a, a conversation about uh, a 25 cent raise with my boss. And if I phrase it correctly, our relationship will enhance a waste of time, in my opinion. Fix everything. <laughs> so specifically, um, you know, I'm going to come in the door of romantic relationships. That's what this post was about. Um, now, to preface this, there is a rise in the divine feminine. Um, I think most people can see that most people listening to this can see that that we've been out of balance for a very long time. And, you know, we, we've been basically running the world through toxic masculinity, not just masculinity, toxic masculine masculinity, there's a difference, <coughs> excuse me, um, but masculinity has good parts. I I did a podcast on this already, so I'm not going to get into it. But but masculinity has good and bad to it. And when it's in balance, you really see the good. When it's out of balance, you really see the bad. So we've been so out of balance, we're into the toxic aspects of masculinity, which has caused a lot of the problems, the wars, the the acquisition mentality, um, you know, all that type of stuff. So we've been out of balance for tens of thousands of years and we're coming back into balance. So the rise of the divine feminine is happening and it's wonderful that this is happening and we need it and it's great and it's wonderful and I love it. Um, It's just what happens a lot of times when we're, when a correction is being made, we overcorrect and it's because of the pendulum you know, and I'm just going to touch on this briefly because I know I've talked about this <laughs> many times. Um, but like if you picture a pendulum hanging down, it takes energy to be in dysfunction. So we're way over to the left in toxic masculinity. When you let go of the pendulum, when you let go, when you release the energy that's holding it up in the air, the pendulum swings to the other side just naturally. So it overcorrects and then it comes back to center. So this is often what happens and if we if if we're clear on that and we expect it and we understand that that's what's happening we can course correct so much quicker to get back into balance and instead of swinging way over to the level of dysfunction into the feminine energy toxic feminine because feminine energy has toxic aspects to it as well it's when it's out of balance so, when we go too far into the feminine, that becomes toxic as well. So, we do not want that. And this is what we need to... This is a, a big part about why I'm having this conversation is because we're we're overcorrecting to some degree. Um, and ra- radical responsibility in relationships can help this, especially in relationships. So... If we're clear that we, it's common to 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 um, <laughs> turn into your own enemy. <laughs> so, like when you've been oppressed, if a group of people have been oppressed, that's what power looks like. Power looks like what the oppressor is, and if you don't keep that in mind, what happens is you become the oppressor. You just become what you. Okay so that's what an overcorrection looks like. So if we go from men putting down women and suppressing feminine energy over to women putting down men and oppressing male energy, all we're going to do is go from one dysfunction to another dysfunction. You know, where and and it's it's going to suck for everybody, you know. <laughs> I mean, people people's egos You know, feminine egos might get a stroke for a while because they're in charge. But I mean, it's meaningless. It's just it's just as dysfunctional as men being in charge, you know. So what I want is for us all to be one. And I think that that's what we all want really deep down. If you get rid of the ego, oh, I want to be in charge for a while because I've been crapped on. That's purely ego. So if we get out of that and we just go, okay, what's healthy? Let's get to healthy so everybody can be happy. That's what we all want. We don't want to. It doesn't feel good. Like I'm a grounded male, right? I don't run around putting women down because like male energy still dominates. Why do I not do that? I, I suppose I could, right? I'm a white male. So I should be able to go run around oppressing whoever the hell I want. That's in theory. I don't want to. Why? Because it doesn't feel good. It doesn't make me feel good to do that to other people because it's negative energy. It's it's bad. So I don't, <laughs> it doesn't empower me. It doesn't feel good to oppress other people. So this is what we need to keep in mind. That's I'm I'm not like saying, Oh, women, you don't get your chance to oppress. I'm saying women, you don't want your chance to oppress (laughs) because it sucks. (laughs) Like, you know, it doesn't feel good. If you're living from the heart, if you're living egoically and just want to crap all over everybody, then go ahead. I mean, you, you know, you can do that. I don't know why you would, but, um, so and, and I mean, men and women can do this because men and women have um, both masculine and feminine energy. So, you know, I'm generalizing a little bit here to make a point, but I mean, uh, uh, a man can go use toxic feminine energy to to oppress or something if they wanted. It's, but anyway, <laughs> let's just stay on point. So what I'm seeing you know, is in a radical responsibility perspective is people always pointing the finger at other people. Oh, it's the Republicans' fault. It's the Democrats' fault. It's it's um, uh, Hamas's fault. It's Egypt's fault. It's Russia's fault. You know, it's Ukraine's fault. It's just like, it, it's endless. It's picking sides and pointing fingers at, at things that we have no control over that's outside of us. It's men's fault. It's women's fault. Like we have to stop pointing the finger outward and we have to take radical responsibility for our own lives, okay? And how this, you know, you see it all the time on on social media. I mean, all the time. People going, oh, don't you hate it when um, people aren't there for you when they... Uh, when you were there for them. Um, you know, you don't allow, uh, don't put up with, um, like m- men need to be better that they, they need to be good. And most women will suffer because men are bad. No, most women don't suffer because men are bad. Most women suffer in, you know, in relationships. Now, this is really what I'm diving into here. So bear with me a little bit, Um, because this is kind of a trigger moment, right? I'm going to say some stuff that can trigger, especially the women. Now, so bear with me, because that's not my intention. I'm not trying to piss you off. I'm actually trying to help. Okay, and it's going to help men, too, if they can understand this, because there is that rise of the divine feminine and we have a tendency to go to a a little bit too far. So some of the posts, instead of being focused on women doing the work on themselves, is saying basically the post, the wording of these posts, a lot of them kind of assume that women are all set. Like there's, there's nothing wrong with the woman. There's something wrong with the men. Okay. And it doesn't matter if it's women or men or Democrats or Republicans or right, left or, or any other two sides. If you're looking at the other side, there's a problem always because you can't fix the other side. You have no control over the other side. You have, it's not you, so you can't fix it. So come back to you, you know, in in recovery, they say, like, if there's a, if you're pointing a finger at somebody, there's three fingers pointing back at you. So it's three times more important to look at yourself than it is to look at somebody else, you know, and I believe that to be true because that's where all my growth came from. I have never become a better version of myself by somebody else fixing something that's wrong with them. It's never happened, nor will it ever. I cannot grow. I cannot become a better version of myself. I will never find happiness if other people do what they're supposed to do. And this is the outlook for most people in most situations, not just relationships, not just women, men and women. Everybody's thinking like this. I'm not just talking to the women. I'm talking to men and women about this topic of radical responsibility and relationships you know this is definitely not specifically pointed towards women this is for everyone everyone has to focus on themselves this is what gandhi meant when he said be the change you wish to see in the world people you know that that sounds really cool right but you got to slow down and keep that in your mind and if you look around you will see countless scenarios where that will benefit you be the change you wish to see in the world why? Because you can't be anything else. You can't be the you, you you can't fix anything outside of you. And what is messed up with society? You know what society is? It's a group of messed up people. Well, society is a group of people. Right now, they happen to be messed up. Most people aren't doing the work that they need to do on themselves. That's why society has all its problems. The way, how do you fix that? By each single person, me doing my work, my neighbor doing their work, the neighbor doing their work. But I can't be concerned about my neighbor doing their work. Why? Because I have no control over that. And this is what we focus on. We sit around. Most people sit around going like the the other people have to if if, if we didn't have any jerks on the planet, then I'd be happy. You know, they don't say it that way because it's too obvious when you say it that way, uh, you know. People are just like, oh, I can't believe people are like this. I, I can't believe people drive stupid. And then it causes me to get pissed off and have road rage. I can't believe that, that CEOs make $200 million and I only make $20 an hour. And I, I can't believe it doesn't matter. You're not going to fix them. It's As long they are not your problem, you are your problem, always, in every way. And it's a good thing. We don't like hearing that, but it's a good thing. because We think it's easier to blame. All that does is it keeps us stuck. Why? Because we can't change anything if we blame it on other people. Why? Because we can't control other people. But it makes us feel like we're doing something. It makes us feel like we give a crap. It makes us feel like we're a good person when when we stand up and go, oh, my God, the sex trafficking in this world is horrible. Like, this is horrible. I can't believe there are people like that out there. What does that statement do? Does it stop sex trafficking? No, it doesn't. So you being upset over sex trafficking does absolutely zero. It does nothing. All it does is it makes you feel like a good person because you get upset about something bad. Oh, congratulations, that and a token gets you on the bus. It's worthless, it's useless, All it does, and, and this is what most of us do. And why do we do it? It's because it feeds our ego. It gives us an ego stroke. It, feels us, it makes us feel a little bit better whenever we complain. So we complain about something externally, we feel a little bit better, and then what do we have to do? Well, there's not much energy in that, so we have to do it again shortly after so we can feel a little bit better about ourselves. Start focusing on ourselves. What do I need to do? What do I need to do in my life? And don't worry about... This is how all self-work self, um, uh, self work goes. Like I've told people this tons of times because I saw it in recovery. I see it in recovery all the time. And I see it in not just recovery, but people working on them. You want to know when people actually like really... Uh, make leaps and bounds in their spiritual work or their self-help work within themselves. It's when they stop keeping score of where they are. Am I there yet? Am I there yet? Am I happy yet? Did I do this yet? And they just get lost in doing the work on themselves. Like going, uh, I'm going to be in the present moment as often as I can. Not I'm going to be in the present moment as often as I can. So therefore in three weeks, I'm going to be more peaceful. And then I'll have arrived and blah, 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 whatever else they make up. They just go, I'm going to try to be conscious so I can choose my behavior. I'm going to try to be in the present moment as often as I can. And then they'll just go out doing it, like literally doing it, not talking about it, not reading about it, not listening to a podcast about it, actually doing it. Like, They'll sit there and they'll go like, you know, while they're working. Oh, okay. I got to come back to the present moment. Okay. There. I'm there. Am I fully there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. And then they'll get back to their work or doing whatever they're doing. And they'll do that multiple times throughout the day. That That's a huge benefit and you just get lost in doing that and then all of a sudden you become more conscious and then all of a sudden you choose your reactions instead of reacting to situations and then all of a sudden people are coming up uh, you know whatever a few weeks a few months later and they're going oh my god you seem so much different what do you what have you been doing and you're like what what like you don't even notice it yourself because you're not looking for the differences you're just lost in doing the work this is and and the 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 the, the peace and the contentment just comes organically. You don't have to try for it. You don't have to reach for it. You're just lost in doing the work. That's when it comes. But we have to do the work on ourselves. So let's bring this into. I'm going to bring this into the post. You know, th- this type of post. So bear with me. There's lots of these posts, and and this is just one example. But this post kind of start out something about, uh, a real man. Uh, what's sad about this picture is that most women, I'm going to read some of this. Uh, what's sad about this picture is that most women will go their entire lifetime and never experience the meaning of actual true love. It's even slightly depressing to think that most people will never understand how powerful this picture actually is. Uh, there was a picture of, uh, of a person in the post. Uh, Let's see, I'm going to just try to skip to some bullet points. We unfortunately live in a generation with men who have no idea what it takes to be a real man. Let me give you some examples of a real man. A real man asks about your day and genuinely cares about the answer. Um, He takes time for you, takes time to learn and understand who you are as a person. Consistently shows you the definition of effort with every day that passes will call you randomly throughout the day. Now, some of this stuff is, is actually not true because it depends on the person that you're in a relationship with. Like not all people, you know, there's different love languages There's different personalities is different. So, so some of this varies, you know, I mean, it sounds good in the post, You know, don't get me wrong. I mean, you're reading a post and this is what we can't do in posts. Just read through them quickly. And just whenever something sounds good, we sit up here in our brain and just go, yeah, that sounds good. And it touches our heart a little bit. And we're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And we never slow down to think, is this true? You know? He never confuses you on where you stand in his life. Yeah, you you know, that in a healthy relationship, there's some truth to that, right? But he never confuses you where you stand in his life. Like, uh, most times, confusion is caused by the person. It's not always caused by the other person, right? And we have... see. One of the problems with, with, with this, the reason I'm talking about it is the term narcissist has gotten uh, real popular in the past few years, right? And which there are narcissistic people and those people who are narcissists use other people and that's a bad thing, right? I'm not arguing that. My point is, is that we cannot, as long as you're focused on a narcissist, you're screwed. Why? Because you can't fix a narcissist. They can fix themselves if they so choose, but you can't. And you can't wait and not date anybody until all the narcissistic men, in this particular example, you know, we're going to go with the classic man woman relationship here. Um, And the, the, you can't wait until all the narcissistic men are off the planet and then feel safe dating. You have to find a way to feel safe dating anyway, even though there are narcissistic men on the planet. Okay. Now who does a, who can a narcissistic man take control over? How, who can they manipulate? They can manipulate somebody that is able to be manipulated. That is your work. If you're getting manipulated by narcissists and you're running around pointing the finger at narcissists saying that oh my god they're bad oh my god they're bad yeah that who cares as soon as you know that you're with a narcissist get out of the relationship that's your responsibility okay and then once you get a you know and I understand it might be hard you might be under their thumb and you might have to work through it i'm not saying that it's easy i'm saying that The only, nobody's coming to save you. Your life is your responsibility. So you need to get out of the narcissistic relationship. And once you do, instead of running around, you know, telling all your friends how much of a narcissist he was and aren't narcissists bad and starting a blog about narcissists, what you can do is start working on yourself. So the next time you meet a narcissist, they can't manipulate you. This is what I'm talking about. This is radical responsibility. We have to stop pointing the finger at the narcissists and the psychos and the pedophiles and everything else. I'm not saying that there's anything good about those people, there's plenty bad about them. And if they hurt somebody, they can be held accountable, they can go to jail, they can, you know, whatever needs to happen to them, sure. Let's, I'm not throwing that out. All I'm saying is, do you want to be happy? Do you want to have a healthy relationship? Because if you do, you need to work on yourself. It has nothing to do with the other people. You know, I'm single and dating. I have no fears, zero fear about dating a narcissist, uh, 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 somebody that is constantly in a victim mentality, um, somebody that will manipulate me or hurt me in any way, shape, or form. Zero fear over that. Zero. Why? Because I've done the work on myself. That's why. And if I meet somebody that is toxic in some sort of way, as a general rule, I'm not interested in them. Why? Because we vibrate at different levels. Narcissists find victims. That's what they do. So don't be a victim and you don't have to worry about the narcissist. You know, and that people are like, oh, this is victim blaming. No, I'm not blaming anybody. It's nobody's fault. I'm not, it's not blame. All I'm saying is that, if you want peace and happiness in your life, you need to do the work on you. Period. That's all I'm saying. It's nobody's fault. We just do better when we know better. I didn't know this stuff, you know? I was I've been in my share of unhealthy relationships before I woke up. Why? Because I didn't know better. I didn't do my work. Once I did my work, I don't get into unhealthy relationships. You know, I've said this many times over the last 20 years that the the quality of women that I've dated is like off the charts. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, I'm I'm single. So, (laughs) you know, so I haven't met the one. And there's several reasons for that, Um, you know, where I am in life and blah, blah, blah. But but like and some of them had. um qualities that didn't work with me for the long term, okay, so, which is fine, um, but every one of them was a quality woman woman on, on the majority of levels, you know, and that we all have our baggage, so I'm not, you know, looking for somebody that's, like, perfect, because that doesn't exist, um, but I date... Wonderful, good women. Be- why? Well, I mean, is it really that difficult to see when somebody's trouble? It, I don't think it is at all. Like, I think it's extremely easy. Why? Because I've done my work. That's why. So you can you can see it a mile and a mile away if you're having a conversation about it and you're relaxed. That's another thing that people do is they 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 they, <laughs> they bring their representative when they're dating, you know, so neither person even gets to know the other person. And that so I'll touch on that. You know, sometimes people can. Um, not show themselves. In the beginning of a relationship, right? And that's fine. It's It's OK. Like, people are so scared of that, you know, especially people that have been hurt before. Like I said, I'm not scared of that at all, Like because if I'm just going to be relaxed because I'm not fearful, right? So I'm relaxed on myself. What does that induce? That induces somebody else to relax and be themselves. Okay. so let's just take the example of somebody being an alcoholic. If somebody is an alcoholic and I'm like very strict and kind of watching their every move and stuff like that, they're going to hide the fact that they're an alcoholic. Whereas if I'm really relaxed and laid back and really not judge, not judgmental, not, you know, looking them over all the time and you know, thinking like every time they do something, when they order a second drink, they don't look over at me and I'm over there going, Hmm, second drink, huh? Like <laughs> I'm not doing any of that. So what does that do? It gives them the relaxation and a freedom to be themselves. And then they show me who they are a lot quicker. That's when people show you who they are when they feel safe around you, right? So I just let them feel safe immediately and they show me who they are quicker. And it's, it, you know, I don't think it's a waste of time. Some people are like, oh my God, I, I I dated somebody for two months and then found out they were an alcoholic. It was such a waste of time. That's dating, man, that's life. You, it's not a waste of time. You just went out and tried meeting somebody. You, you put action and energy towards what you would like, you would like a relationship, and you went out there and you dated for a while. And then it didn't work out with this one. Okay, well, hopefully you had a couple good meals out of it, maybe a couple good conversations, maybe something else, and you move on to the next one. It's not a waste of time. It's the process. It's the process. You know, people are so scared of wasting time like, no, everything is a process. You know, when when, when you start a business, it's a process. You don't just start it and then the next day, it's, you know, same with relationships. Everything is a process. That life is one giant process. You know, you never finish anything. You you never finish the dishes. Then you got to eat and there's more dishes. So it's a process. Don't worry about it. Relax. And, you know, with this, we... Don't worry about what men have or what men don't have. Let me see if I can go back to that post. A real man is undeniably committed to you and looks for new ways to fall in love with you with every day that passes. He makes protecting your heart a number one priority. Like, I mean, how would you ever find somebody like this? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like if, if I'm like in love with somebody, this is, you know, all this stuff sounds good, right? Like I'm reading this and I'm not sitting there going, Oh, that sounds stupid. That sounds stupid. No, it sounds really nice. But my brain doesn't get all excited when it hears something that sounds really nice. I follow the follow it with, is that true? Is that realistic? how do I achieve that? Like I go deeper, deeper questions. And when I look at this stuff, a real man is undeniably committed to you and looks for new ways to fall in love with you that every day that passes. So, so like, how are you going, how would you find somebody like that? Like that, like that's somebody that is in love with you. And, and over time, like, like, The only way to prove if a man is like that is over time. Well, how do you find that? You know, it's (laughs) my point is, is as you read these things, it like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll read, I'll read a few of them and hopefully you guys can follow along and see what I'm, see what I mean. As you're reading these what the brain is doing, yes, I need a man like that. Yes, I need a man like that. Yes, I need a man like that. And it's never looking at what do I need to do to achieve that. It's only going I need a man like that and it's and it's saying what like you it's never about you doing the work to attract a man like that. And that's what you need to do. So this list is it's kind of useless. I, mean, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. It's not useless. It's just see things like this. The 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 people that would argue with me over this, right? What they would say is they'd be like, Well, yes, but it's important to understand um uh, that you know, because a lot of women don't know this, that you actually can have a man that can be like this. You know, that actually asks you about your day and act really actually cares. Um, that, that doesn't confuse you on where you stand in his life. Um, you can actually have a man that shows you consistent effort. You can actually have a man that values you and wouldn't put themselves in a position to lose you. Like that, to me, kind of sounds like cheating. Which is something that I don't do because I, I consider myself a good man. I don't not. I don't ever cheat, ever. If I'm in a committed relationship with somebody, I will not cheat, and it's not because necessarily. I mean, it's not really about them, quite honestly. I mean, to, to, do I not want to hurt them? Of course, I don't want to hurt them. I care about them. I'm in a committed, loving relationship about them, with them. But that's not really why I don't cheat. The main reason I don't cheat is because I love myself. And I think a cheater is a liar, and a liar is a cheater. And both of those are not energies that I want to have in me. That's not the man that I want to be. Okay, so it that's why I do it. But Back to the point, there. You know, it is good for women to know that there are good men out there, and to raise their standards and not just date some dirtbag, uh, somebody that's going to manipulate them. That is good. That's helpful, right? But that's like ten percent of the work. How long does that take? If you're open and willing to listen and app. actually implement change, that takes about five minutes. That takes a conversation. It doesn't take 10 years of social media posts. It takes five minutes. It doesn't take 320 workshops or 42 ayahuasca ceremonies. It takes about five minutes. It takes about five minutes for you to open up your mind and go listen, Um, and maybe 10 minutes because we'll have a back and forth conversation. There are men who can actually treat you like this. Slow down and let you Absorb the fact that there are good men that will respect you and love you in appropriate ways. And these are some of the things that uh, these are some of the ways that it could look like for you. Oh, okay. I can, and I can read through that, be like, yes, okay, that is possible. You're telling me that's possible? Yes, it is possible. Oh, okay. So five or 10 minutes, you get that. Okay. You understand it. That's it. That's a little intellectual piece in the corner of your brain that doesn't do crap. Okay, it's good for you to know, (laughs) but it doesn't do anything. It's not going to change your life. It's not going to get you into a healthy relationship. It's not going to be able to have you pick up on the problems uh, that that are arising in an unhealthy relationship because you haven't done your work. It's It's not going to trigger red flags for you, most likely. It's really not going to do much. It's very little. Is it a piece? Yes, it's a piece. It's good to have that knowledge that there are good men or good women out there that it's helpful, but it's, it does very little for your life. So what actually, so this is the mechanics of it. Okay. So I've used this example before there is, so say you've got this narcissistic guy. Um, let's I'm just going to use physical abuse because it's a really extreme example that I think people can relate to and see my point real clearly. So, like, if you have um, a a, a male that physically abuses women, right? They don't usually punch him in the face on the first date. They work up to that, unfortunately. So, like, if you there's with all the 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 men that physically abuse, generally they're looking for victims. But if they so happen to date a woman who is not a victim, that woman is not going to date that person long. And they might, they'll probably never even hit them. But the woman will end that relationship almost immediately. Why? Because they can pick up on the energy of that. You know, they can pick up on the behaviors. When you have self-love, you can pick up on dysfunctional feelings, dysfunctional behaviors. So maybe like um, somebody with real good self esteem, like let's say that this uh, abusive man like yells at a waitress or something out, out to dinner. Now somebody with low self esteem would be like, Oh, well, maybe he's having a bad day. Now rationalize it away. Why? Because they would put up with it themselves. Whereas somebody with high self-esteem wouldn't put up with it themselves. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe he just talked to her like that. I've never seen this guy again. If he treats her like that, that, that that's enough. He doesn't even have to treat me crappy. If he's treating other people crappy, that's enough. <coughs> you know, I, I told my son this when he was when he was young, he was uh, dating. I mean, he was real little, you know, so it's just little kid dating. Um, elementary school or seventh or eighth grade or something. I think that's what it was. And he, and he comes, he goes, dad, this is, this is girl at school and, you know, she's my girlfriend or something. And I'm like, Oh, cool. And he's, he's like, yeah. And you know, I'm like, Oh, you know, why, why do you like her? You know? And, and he, you know, I said, well, I always used to ask him what's she like, You know, because sometimes he'd come home because of society's conditioning. He'd be like, oh, she's really pretty. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But what is she like? You know, and he'd be like, oh, she treats me really good. And he said that one day. He goes, she treats me really good. And I was like, she treats you really good. Well, that's good, of course. But I mean, of course, she's going to treat you good. She likes you. (laughs) So how does she treat other people? And he goes, Oh, she she doesn't treat other people good. She treats other people like crap, but she treats me good. And I was like, pay attention to that because once this new thing wears off about her liking you, of course, she's going to treat you nice. She likes you. But as soon as that wears off a little bit and her true personality comes out, if she's treating everybody else like crap, guess what? She's going to probably going to start treating you like crap. You know, (laughs) and no kidding. Within a week, he comes home. He's like, oh, we broke up. He's like, yeah, She's, she started treating me like crap. So I ended it. I was like, see, you know, so this is what I mean. When you build up self-esteem, you can pick up on stuff like that. So the difference to, to close off this example, the difference between a woman in this scenario, and this goes for men on the reverse as well, of course, um, the difference between a woman who dates an abusive man and breaks up with them very, very quickly and never actually experiences the abuse. And the woman who starts dating an abusive man and stays with him and, and gets, you know, locked into the relationship into the manipulation and all that bad stuff and ends up staying in that relationship and then ends up, being abused, the difference between those two women is self-esteem. It's self-love. Somebody with self-love isn't going to put up with it. Out the door. See ya. Somebody who has low self-esteem, low self-love will rationalize that behavior and then get hooked and then start believing some of the crap that's coming out of their mouth. Like you can't do better than me. You know, you're a piece of crap. You're lucky I'm with you. Only somebody with low self-esteem would actually Believe some of that crap because that's what it is. It's crap. We can always do better than somebody that's negative, you know. But what this this is my point. Okay. So you see how we went full circle? Radical responsibility. The only thing that prevents you from getting in a relationship with a narcissistic or abusive jackass is your work. It's the only thing. You doing the work on yourself you rising your raising your self esteem you feeling like a good person you feeling like you deserve somebody good you not rationalizing and putting up with crappy behavior and walking away you know and one of the uh, a really gifted wonderful way of looking at this is learn to be alone it's not you know so p- many people think that It's a difficult catch because like I I had to work through this. I'm a relationship person. I love being in a relationship. Love it. Never was looking for one until I fell in love when I was like 21. Right. From that point on, from the day I fell in love when I was, you know, 21, 22 years old, from that point until this day and into the future, I'm sure. I love being in a relationship. I love having somebody to love. I love having somebody to share my life with. I freaking love it. But I've been alone a lot of years. Why? Because I'm not going to settle. You know, it's like it's the full Monty or it's nothing, man. Like, and sometimes things don't work out. And I stopped second guessing it. But there's this little catch for those of us, which is many of us. That like being in a relationship. And it's this, it's all this focus on manifesting. People think that they have to put so much energy towards manifesting. We don't manifest crap. All we got to do is put an idea out there and the universe manifests through us. Okay. So we don't, you don't have to like bring in this relationship. We have to learn to be alone because if you don't know how to be alone, you're going to put up with other people's crap. You will. I guarantee it. It's just a matter of time. You have to be okay being alone. And you can't sit there and spend a month and a half being alone and going like, oh, yeah, you know, I I whistled three times when I was feeling really lonely and eventually it passed. So I must have done my work. Now I can start dating again. Woo. I did my work. No, <laughs> actually get comfortable, so comfortable being alone that you stop being concerned about dating for a little while. It's not that you don't ever get back to it. It's just, you, again, it's not being attached to an outcome, some particular goal. It's getting lost in the work, getting lost and falling in love with yourself. And clearing out all that stuff, you know, loving yourself, loving yourself, letting go of the blame Forgiving people who hurt you because they, 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 they'll pay their own, you know, the 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 um the punishment is built into the crime or the sin. It it just is. Don't worry about them, they'll get their own. When I live dysfunctionally, I suffered internally. Everybody that I see that's living dysfunctionally, hurting other people, are miserable inside. Why? Because you can't be happy inside living your best life while you're running around hurting people. You can't put out crap, negative energy, and then receive love back. Like You can't. Some people can be delusional about it and pretend like, oh man, I crap on people all the time and I love myself. No, you don't. How do I know? Because it's literally impossible. That's how I know. It's literally impossible. You can't Run around crapping on people and feel good about yourself. You can lie to yourself about it, you can even believe your own lies, but deep down, <laughs> you ain't fooling anybody because you can't fool yourself. At some point, you're going to have to do your work, or some people will die never doing their work. That's fine too, whatever. But I ain't living that type of life, so it's radical responsibility. Don't worry about the narcissist, don't worry about the abusive people, don't worry about whatever else is, is concerning you. Don't worry about, Oh, what's on my list of what a good man is. Don't worry about it, man. Just get, do the work on yourself, do the work on yourself, raise your self esteem, raise your self love, get to know yourself better, you know? And then from there, like relax when you date, because when something negative you it's, it's not this, you don't have to defend yourself from anything because they can't get to you. That's what love does. That's the beauty of it, man. That's, that's why this is the ultimate answer. When you're in love, nobody can hurt you. You know, um, if you haven't heard Brene Brown's uh, talk on vulnerability, look into that. You know, People think vulnerability is opening up their heart um, with the possibility of being hurt. It's not, it's opening up your heart fully and finding out that you can't be hurt. When you are fully open in yourself and authentic and loving and you love yourself and then somebody comes in and tries to screw with you, you're just like, no, no, you may go. You know, it's it's the Wicked Witch of the West and the Wizard of Oz and the Glenda, the Good Witch. You know, the Wicked Witch comes in and, and, and Glenda just looks at her effortlessly and says, you have no power here. She doesn't fight against her. Why? Because she doesn't have to. She has no power here. This is you want to be Glenda the Good Witch, man. Do your self work. You know, be that Good Witch. Sit there and be like, I'm love, man. You can't hurt me. I'm love. <clears throat> well, you're 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 a piece of crap. Like you're lucky to have me. No, I'm not. No, I'm a wonderful, loving person and, um, you can go because I'm going to go find somebody that can recognize this in me. And, and that's, if you actually happen to get into a relationship with somebody for a little while and you start trying this stuff, then you leave then. But I I guarantee you, if you, the more work you do in yourself, the quicker you're going to realize it because we can read energy. Once we're, we unconsciously attract like either Something that vibrates, like I said, like victims are actually attracted to narcissists, just like narcissists are attracted to victims that they, they actually attract each other. So when you get out of that victim mentality, then also you don't have to, you know, and like I, every once in a while, I'll have somebody that's really like doesn't understand boundaries. That's really overpowering. Try to come at me. Usually they don't even bother a lot of times people like that. And these are people that are not self-aware. Okay. I'm not talking about self-aware people. I'm talking about like just overpowering people, you know, that aren't haven't done any work on themselves. They'll walk into a room and they'll be boom, 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 nailing people and they'll take one look at me and they'll skip me and go to somebody else a lot of times. I've had that happen tons of times because I won't put up with that crap and they can feel it. Or if they come to me, I'll just put them in their place real quick. No, wrong guy. I'm not your guy. (laughs) You know, so this is what I'm talking about, man. You have control. You don't have to fear negative people out there. All you have to do is do the work on yourself and you'll naturally repel them a lot of times. And then if you do come across them, you're going to recognize them a lot quicker. And then even if you don't recognize them quicker, you're just going to have the strength to sit up there and say, I'm not going to be treated like this and exit. You know, a narcissist can find a victim anywhere. They don't have to spend 14 years in a relationship with you trying to break you. They don't need it. They're not going to spend that much time trying to break you. (laughs) You know, if they can't break you, they're just going to go find somebody that they can, you know. So that's going to do it for now. I'm going to wrap this up before the hour expires. So uh, thank you guys for listening. And um, I will talk with you soon. Peace.